Welcome back, loyal listeners. Welcome, new listeners, to Runkle Recaps, How I Met Your Podcast. This is Season 6, Episode 8, Canning Randy, and with me, as always, Jennifer. Hello. It's always weird when you call me Jennifer. Yeah. I don't predict what comes out of my mouth as I introduce you. It just tends to happen. Interesting. We have three emails. Ooh. Look at us. The dam has broke. <laughs> and we got one nice review on Apple Podcasts. Yes. Um, apologies for not reading it sooner. Our, somehow we didn't get notification about it like we usually do. Yeah. I didn't get an alert. Uh, we will start off with the review, and then we'll read one of the emails that has nothing to do with this episode, and then a couple at the end that do have to do with this episode. But first, our review. This was from Christine, and then a bunch of numbers. Christine wrote and gives us five stars. Thank you. January 2nd. Just discovered this podcast, and I love it so much. Sad that I'm almost caught up and hoping for new episodes soon. The back and forth between the two hosts is so much fun to listen to. Good. Yay. Thanks for listening. I'm confident always about our coverage of the show. The one thing I often wonder is our banter, whether or not it (laughs) pulls people in or turns people off. Does it translate outside of this house? I mean, we've got enough listeners. We think ultimately somewhere around 5,000 that come in and out of listening to our podcast. And so it must be okay. I guess so. It's not like we advertise. We do not. But we are advertisement commercial free. So that is a big bonus of our podcast. That's true. No interruptions. You don't even have to pay for that. Only snoring dogs and kids that should be in bed (laughs) ever interrupt us. Tyler really liked Boats, 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 by the way. Oh, did he? (laughs) Yeah. He happened to be down here when that came on. He made me rewind it three times. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I was here for that. All right, we're next going to read an email from Jonathan. Jonathan's written us a few times before. Early on, he was complaining about our political correctness, (laughs) but then said we got better about it. Also, he's the plumber who ran into a fan on a job, and then he became a brewmeister. (gasps) Yay. Which I'm surprised he didn't time well to mention, bring that back up for this specific episode. That's true. He writes, hey guys, you have not told the haunted seashell story. I need to hear it. (laughs) Last episode, you guys talked about the locker room talk not being a thing. I've played sports growing up and still play beer league hockey. Locker room talk is absolutely a thing. Hmm. Okay. The stuff talked about by my teammates in the locker room is absolutely horrifying to today's standards. Can't wait for you guys to get to Blitzgiving. That is my absolute favorite episode. Thank you guys for all you do. Thanks, Jonathan. Nice yeah, to hear from you again. Yeah, thanks, Jonathan. Let's let's take these one by one. So the haunted seashell story. I think this came out of our conversation about the Annabelle doll from the movie and how we, mm-hmm. when we drove to Key West that one time, you wouldn't agree yeah. to stop by to see that other haunted doll that's no. in a museum there. Like a museum of oddities or something, or a local attraction. Yeah, no, we're not doing that. And then we brought up that there was a object that seemed to have evil <laughs> connections when we went to Mexico once. I don't even think you said that. I think you just said that. 
the evil seashell. Right. So Tyler was only about one and a half at the time. Mm-hmm. And my cousin was getting married down in Rocky Point, Mexico, which is sort of on the the northern point of the inner... I don't know. It's hard it's to describe It's in western Mexico. Yeah, western Mexico. <laughs> There's the there's the the peninsula on the western side. It's on the inside of the peninsula at the very top. Puerto Penasco? Yeah, Puerto Penasco is the official name of it, but everyone calls it Rocky Point. And people in Arizona, Texas, New Mexico, they like to go down there because it's around a four-hour drive if you live somewhere near the border. My cousin lives in Tucson, and so him and his wife got married there uh, about seven years ago, eight years ago. Seven years ago. Um, Tyler was one. One and a half. And we got a nice place on the beach. It was so inexpensive. I think we mm-hmm. split it with split one other it. couple, but I, it was like we only ended up having to pay about $150 a night. Yeah, it was awesome. It wasn't very baby-friendly, though. That was no, yeah, the setup of it had a lot of stairs in odd places, so we had to block them off. But Toddling baby around wasn't the best setup. We'd walk out our nice. back door, and there was sand. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was, was really right, right on the beach. And there was one day where we were spent some time on the beach with the family, either sometime before or after the wedding. And Tyler was wandering around and looking at seashells, as little tiny kids do. And he picked one up and kept carrying it around with him. So when we were, when it was time to walk back to our place, we you know grabbed him, picked him up, and tried to get him to drop the seashell, and he wouldn't let go of it. He started to cry about it, about not wanting to let go of it. So we're like, okay, fine, you know, no harm. We can, he right. can hold on to it. And he kept crying with it. But we brought him back to, we figured he was just tired, needed a nap, and it was about nap time. So we brought him back to the house. We put him in his crib, and we, we wouldn't let him hold on to the seashell in the crib because it's really not baby safe. <laughs> right. So we put it just on the dresser in his room, and he kept waking up crying, and, or not falling asleep and crying, crying. And this went on for like an hour and a half, which was unusual for him. Mm-hmm. Truly weren't in our home, so he was in a different place. But even that was never a problem for him. Right. So I was like, I swear, I bet it has to do with that seashell. So I took the seashell out of the room, and I th- I chucked it back out onto the beach as far as I could. <laughs> Within five minutes, he was asleep completely. So, And that, my friends... <laughs> Therefore, the seashell was evil. Yes. I'm quite convinced that there was an evil spirit attached to that seashell. At first, it seduced him. <laughs> and then it would haunt him. See, and you wanted to go to the actual haunted thing. These were completely different trips. I know, but I'm saying. I wasn't going to buy the toy for Tyler that was haunted. But if he can be haunted by a seashell Okay, on okay, let's, let's not <laughs> go down this rabbit hole. No, let's make it a paranormal podcast. That'd be fun. <laughs> oh, I wish we had paranormal incidents to talk about. No, see, I just want to talk about them and listen to other people's stories about them. I don't want to experience them. I have some good ones, but not for, not for my experience from friends. Oh, yeah, remember, was it a ghost dog or ghost cat? Oh, yeah, our bartender at one of the places we used to hang out at, our, our neighborhood bar that we were there at least once a week when we lived in D.C. He lived in a haunted building in D.C., which was sort of well-known to be haunted, and he had a couple ghosts in his mm-hmm. apartment. One was a dog. He actually got it toys, and the toys would move when he wasn't in around. Bed? He could have, I can't remember. And then the, no, it was uh, uh, his bathroom. No, I think it was, it was just a person all over his house, because remember, it kept knocking... 
coats off of the coat hanger. No, I mean the dog. Oh, I don't remember anything about the bed. But and then there's another other, a number of other ones from more even more credible people. This guy, I liked him, but he was kind of weird, so it was hard to yeah, say. Yeah, and I could see him completely making it all up. Yeah, that too. So, but it was an interesting story, regardless of <laughs> the truthfulness. But you know, I'm always looking for some paranormal proof of paranormal activity in my life, and I really not come across it. Yep. To my disappointment. Yeah, and I <laughs> keeping a staunch non-believer. Shield up. Yeah. So the other thing was the locker room talk. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me that it goes on. That that idiom came from somewhere. True. But yeah, I didn't have. I I grew up playing sports in high school, and and you know, obviously changing in the locker rooms for gym class and in gym locker rooms in as a grown up where I work out, but didn't see a lot of it. I think maybe it's where you live and where you're from. And I guess it's different. You like you're just going to the gym yourself. You're not like necessarily with a bunch friends of bros. with the people. Yeah. So if you're a team, like that's a different environment and I could see that. Yeah. That's just different circumstances. All right. Canning Randy. I ranked this higher than I when I when I finished watching it, it was ranked a lot higher than my enjoyment of it. And this Go around. Okay. I thought it was fine. It was a decent episode. Yeah, same. Like, I enjoyed it. I laughed a few times, but it wasn't one of the best. There were things I... Oh, God. I, I think that's where we are. It's season six. Like, it's it's funny, but it's not hysterical. There were some scenes or things that happened in this that I remembered fondly that I still enjoyed, like Boats, Boats, Boats. <laughs> and... The Shredder. And the yeah, the Randy stuff. I really did enjoy all the Randy stuff in this. It wasn't the best Randy that we've seen, but he he was a highlight of this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was pretty good, Randy. All right, well, let's jump in without further ado. We start off at Columbia University. Ted's lecturing a class. He's telling a very serious bridge disaster story. And then they pan out, and he's dressed as a hot dog and tells his class to have fun on Halloween. Throws candy at them. And the class seems extremely enamored with him. Mm-hmm. They want to know if he's going to have beers with them. <laughs> yeah, one of them completely sucks up. You know, this is our treat. You're yeah, we, the coolest. We see seems t- like she actually means it. Yeah, she does. <laughs> you think this is going to end up being a fantasy of his or a dream. Right. Because they're being so complimentary. And the two characters that are being so complimentary, we've seen before, although I can't remember their names. Yeah, I was thinking about that, too. I was like, I feel like we got names in a previous episode, but I can't remember. I we, guess go- we could have looked it up in, the <laughs> in IMDb. Next scene, we're at GMB at their Halloween party. Oh, sorry. I like at the end where she says, you're the coolest. And he's like, well, hot dog. <laughs> like, holds his costume. <laughs> Not bad. It wasn't, the, it wasn't the best. No, it wasn't the best, but it was cute. GMB Halloween party. We get Ted there still in his hot dog costume, and then we have Lily and Marshall. They're a bull and a matador, and Barney's there as a Cobra Kai. Lily teases Ted about having kiss up or suck up students. He brags that his class loves him. And then we get a run of... Barney commentary on how the sort of rating the different mm-hmm. holiday parties for the the office. I don't want to go through those. This is probably my least favorite 
Oh, really? You like I kind of like that. Oh, okay. I was intrigued by the um, freaky office President's Day rave. And the jammy jam. Yeah, it just didn't do anything <laughs> for me. Then we get Randy. Who is a lobster? Yeah. Okay. They offer him a beer. He's drinking his own, which he, one he made himself. It's a hazelnut pilsner. Now, I don't like beer, but that sounds kind of good for some reason. Hazelnut pilsner. Yeah, it has and potential. I don't like pilsner, but... I don't know what pilsner is. I find it to be... I think it's kind of a bitter Maybe beer. we need Jonathan back to explain to us. <laughs> yeah. He has offered to sponsor us at his brewery. Yeah, I'm waiting to for do our a invitation. Live. Well, he, he, it was in one of his early emails that we could come podcast from there live. And he said that he's recruited a, free, a few fans. He's right outside Hartford. Oh, nice. Now, I changed jobs. I left the company where I was a director, and they kind of wanted to go in, in a different direction that I wanted to go in to achieve growth. So I went to work for a very big corporation, uh, which oh, no, I'm enjoying Marshall. so far. Oh, yeah, I am. <laughs> I'm not living my dream, per se, but I'm at a good place. So I might not be going up to Connecticut so much anymore. Okay, uh, Randy... Doesn't want to brag, but he won his beer won fourth prize at the Weehawken Retirement Home Clam Bake and Wheelchair Maintenance Picnic. Well, that sounds like an event. Barney quips, I wouldn't consider any part of that bragging. <laughs> Randy tries to hint you know, at where Robin is with like by trying to like Pretend act like he's not interested, doesn't remember her name. Um, but then he gets really mad when he finds out she's not there and probably you know, probably isn't gonna come. She had another party to go to, says Lily, but she might come. This sends Randy back and forth, deciding to leave and stay. Randy asks the gang if anyone's going to the Halloween parade. The narrator cuts in, says that they're a big fan of the Halloween parade, but not the one that he's thinking of. He means the one that takes place the morning of November 1st, the annual post-Halloween Walk of Shame parade. And I want... Go ahead. I was going to say, I don't know that I knew that there was an annual Halloween parade, like normal, like a New York... Halloween parade. I think, I don't know how, it's not like the you know Macy's right. Day Thanksgiving parade. I think it's more just, it seems sort of spontaneous or. Okay. They say it's in the village. Okay. But I bet there's a big thing going on in Chelsea with like a drag parade or something. Mm-hmm. That would make sense. Now, their idea of doing this seems like a good idea to me. <laughs> if this really happens, right. the only thing I don't like about it is there's no men doing the walk of shame. Oh, that's true. It was all women. Yeah. But other than that, I thought this was actually kind of a good write-in as, mm-hmm. a, as a little bit. Yeah, it was funny. They're commenting on what a great event this is. It couldn't get any better than this. And then Ted says, oh, yes, it could. And they see Robin coming down the street. She looks pretty haggard. <laughs> right. In a nurse's costume, presumably. With the little, like, old-school thing on their heads that they don't wear anymore. Yeah, Robin says crap (laughs) that they're there to catch her. We cut from there to McLaren's, and Barney's already laying into her, calling her Florence night in bed. Oh, night in bed with a stranger. Right. Lily wants to know who it was. Robin doesn't want to talk about it, which means everybody's going to want to talk about it. They bring up Becky and sort of the joke that maybe it was with a co-worker and it was Becky. The narrator cuts in and is talking about how Robin always believed the key to success was intelligence, hard work, and professionalism, but her other anchor thinks differently, and we 
cut to the commercial of Becky in Boats. Boats, Boats, Boats. It's the Farhampton Boat Show. This is the first mention of Farhampton, which becomes a place where Lily and Marshall get married. You mean Robin and Barbie? Oh, Robin and Barbie. Sorry. Yeah, where they get married. Thank you. Spoiler. Robin's giving Becky a hard time about this commercial. Becky's... I mean, do we want to talk about this commercial, though? Oh, go ahead, yeah. Um, so Becky's got on, like, some sort of pink wig and sparkly, or, like, red wig and sparkly pink dress and just saying boats, boats, boats and dancing. Yeah. <laughs> it's effective. Yeah. And it reminded me a little bit of the YouTube videos that Tyler watches for some reason <laughs> with, like, the effects in the background and the some of the um, noise effects. I don't know. It was a very regional-looking commercial. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Just like, yeah, random pictures of boats, like, coming in and out, lists of what the boats are. Like, a very strange choice for a commercial. I thought it was funny. I don't think I laughed that much at it this time, but I remember the first few times seeing this, really laughing at this. Mm-hmm. Yep, it was good. And when Robin starts questioning her about it, Becky sticks up for herself. Why wouldn't I do this? I, you know, I'm cute. <laughs> right. I, I can. Did you notice that Becky's voice is all of a sudden normal in these scenes? Yeah. Like, she wasn't talking like a baby. Yeah, I guess that was really played up for last episode. But I, like, I don't know if you noticed Robin's face as she's, like, watching the video. <laughs> she's, like, arms crossed, and, like, her face is really grumpy. Oh, no, I didn't it's even really funny. <laughs> uh, Robin doesn't think this is going to help her image, but then we get Mike walking by. Boats, boats, boats. <laughs> and then, and then her face lights up and kind of performs for him. Right, and then he asks Robin to help with, like, the giant tub of water thing. Like, Yeah, the water cooler replacement. Yeah, that thing. <laughs> <laughs> We're back at McLaren's, and Ted mentions that, or advises Robin that she shouldn't worry so much about being liked. Robin says, it's easy for you to say everyone loves you at your job. And then the narrator cuts in, that was true of his teaching job, but not true in other places. <laughs> so we get the front of GMB... Ted Mosby, we don't like you. <laughs> like, said through a bullhorn. <laughs> yeah, it's it's Zoe leaving, leading a protest. Ted taunts her back. Boo freaking who. He, he scoffs at her statement that the Arcadian is architecturally significant. Which he believed up until he found out she was married. Yeah, but he believed it because... Mostly, he was trying to get with her. Yeah, but remember, but he had brought up the Arcadian a couple episodes he ago. He likes the facade like, of yeah. it, but the inside of it... It's just a hotel that's run down. Right. But I don't know. Like, this is this is a little too blasé, I think, for how Ted feels about it. It's quite things. a 180 for him on yeah. this. He tells her she doesn't know the first thing about architecture. <laughs> she says into her tape recorder, key Ted Mosby's car. Go on. <laughs> yeah, Ted tells, yeah, he's a professor. He teaches this stuff at one of the best colleges. Calls her protest misguided, a waste of time, and then <laughs> ends his little tirade with a burn, <laughs> which I liked. Right. And then somebody arrives with eggs. He and gets out of there. Yep. The narrator tells us GMB is not actually popular at all, and they are doing a video to improve the bank's image. They do this once a year. And so it's the typical like narrator, you know, what makes Goliath National Bank different from other big banks? And then we get Barney, Randy, Arthur, um, all saying like little catchy lines. About and, we get, and we get our first live view of Tugboat. Oh, yeah. 
And then they get to Marshall, and Marshall will not say his line, which is, I care about dreams, making dreams come true. Marshall thinks that makes him sound like a hooker. For some reason, it's Barney cutting this video together. <laughs> They're a big corporation. You'd think right. they'd have some sort of large marketing firm running right. this thing or an advertising firm. Yeah, but no, it's Barney. <laughs> Barney's like, even Randy did it. Randy goes, I don't want to brag, but in 29 takes, I only threw up thrice. <laughs> Marshall asks Randy about the Hermanson contracts. Have he sent them downtown? Randy goes, I did. I sent them downtown. Why are you saying it like that? Because <laughs> they never arrived at the t- downtown office. To make sure we're on the same page is send them downtown, not an expression for shredding a document. Oh, that's a pretty good Randy impression. Yeah, uh, Marshall's aghast. And Randy tries to explain. I sent them downtown. You know, you know down, down into, into the, the shredder. shredder. <laughs> oh, yeah, you the paper in, in a downwards fashion. That's where the expression comes from. That's not an expression. <laughs> that has never been an expression. I like how he calls this a project. I'm all over this project. I can fix this. <laughs> right. I like Barney. I'll say there's no quitting that guy. You should fire him. Yeah. And Marshall points out that this is why he doesn't like it here. You don't just fire people. He points out that he was recently talking to Arthur. We get a flashback. Arthur sees another guy wearing a green tie. He goes, I'm wearing a green tie. And then we see the guy obviously <laughs> got fired. Yeah, Marshall says he's not going to fire people. Which, you know. That's a real blanket statement to make when you're somebody's It's boss. an overcorrection, right. and yes, it's okay to say, I, I need to focus on training this guy. Right, to do exactly. Better. Like, yeah, you don't, you're not going to, like, fire people arbitrarily, but, yeah. Sometimes you have to work through some things with people. We get a good return of Randy scene as he's trying to fix the problem, <laughs> and it's a lot of slapstick of him tripping over everything in Marshall's office after Marshall says he wouldn't fire him and mm-hmm. uh, just kind of accidentally tearing everything apart and gets a phone call from his mom in there. <laughs> Who wants to know what the B stands for? <laughs> and he has to look it up. <laughs> I also like that he walks in like just holding handfuls of shredded paper. And then after this mess, he makes it calls Marshall Mr. Messy because his <laughs> office is now so messy. Right. And then somehow he like, Takes the phone out the door with him. <laughs> it's like stuck to him. <laughs> right. Rebecca McLaren's with Lily and Robin, and Lily does the same thing she does this entire episode. She's desperate to know who Robin slept with. Robin tries to avoid this type of conversation, but then pretends to give, <laughs> give in and says, okay, I'll tell you, it's Bill Pepper. <laughs> Coincidence, there happens to be a Bill and a Pepper shaker here on the table. Yeah, that was good. I like when they do that in shows where someone makes up a name and it's mm-hmm. you see it's objects around them. Right. But, yeah, Lily's right. If it wasn't somebody that they knew, then Robin would have just told them. And so by not telling them, she's making it suspicious. We cut over to Columbia University to Ted's class. He's starting to do a lecture, and we see Zoe in the audience asking him how he sleeps at night when he asks if there's any questions. The audience? Yeah, the class. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, Ted's thrown off. Like, she, why are you here? She points out that he said she doesn't know about architecture, so she's here to learn about it. And then she doesn't take long to bring up the Arcadian and, and informs his class that he plans to tear it down. I like the one girl, what? No, Professor Mosby loves old bu- buildings. He would never do that. Right, Ted? <laughs> I know, and she's so genuine, too. Like, she truly believes this. And Ted does love old buildings, but... Right, and Ted does not answer the question and tries to go back to teaching. 
And so we get back to McLaren's, and he just says, I lost them. Lily points out that, hey, you're new at this. She gets a lot of trouble from a kid named, or a lot of students, like Johnny Marley. And we cut to a flashback of her class while he's running around with a stuffed horsey. <laughs> this is the same kid, I believe, in the last couple episodes that we see eating their goldfish. Yeah, why we they couldn't name a kid Johnny. Or Gil. Or Gil, that's right. So, <laughs> so she says that when she deploys a tactic... That she refers back to an annoying alarm sound that she wonders if they know. And then Ted and Robin start doing the alarm sound. It's In like unison. Yeah, six different levels of it. And it's the same alarm that... This was a very popular alarm in the 90s and the early aughts on cars. I used to hear it all the time. But it's the same one that we heard when Lily and Robin were sitting outside the dress shop trying to stay there all night and hoping to get some sleep. Oh, yeah. And the alarm went off all night. Good throwback. Did you actually remember that, or was that trivia? I remember that. Oh, nice. And so Lily makes this sound with her voice and flashes turns, the lights. Yeah, on and off. It's good and, strategy. And the kids get quiet. Marshall enters. He's visibly upset and asks what happened. So we get a flashback to GMB, and Randy enters his office and seems to have taped together all the strands of the shredded document. Well, at least one piece of paper. It's unclear if there's any more. <laughs> right. He says, voila. Marshall asks if that's the Hermanson contract. And he goes, the Hermanson contract? Oh, this is the Filbert contract. Damn it. And then shreds it. <laughs> and that's actually the contract that Marshall now needs. <sighs> right. He's, I'll do what I can, but in my experience, twice shredded is fairly permanent. <laughs> so Marshall's going to fire him now. Barney celebrates this as Marshall popped his cherry. Barney got champagne for the table, apparently. And then this is where Lily, based on this story, it occurs to her that Robin must have slept with Randy. This doesn't make any sense. I'm not sure how she made this leap. (laughs) I mean... I guess because Randy was waiting for her at the party and has a crush on her. Presumably she slept with somebody she doesn't want to tell them about. So I, I see how she got here, but it's... Still a bit of a leap. Lily posits that, and we kind of see a scene of this as she's mm-hmm. describing it. Robin showed up to the office party late after they had left. She was down on the whole commercial thing, so she was not in a good place. And then looks over at Randy, who sees her. They smile. Randy gets a nosebleed. She knows what that means. <laughs> and then that's all it took. Now, this could possibly have happened. Mm-hmm. This doesn't seem out of bounds. We saw what happened with Naked Man. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Lily's not out of bounds on this theory. Robin would rather take this story on than admit <laughs> to the commercial she made. This is a little bit of a callback to her, well, maybe not a callback, but reminiscent of her willing to tell, of her rather giving Ted the story that she was married and divorced. <laughs> <laughs> right, then just say she then was just a saying she was in a video. <laughs> yeah, Robin always makes everything more suspicious than it needs to be. We get Marshall at GMB now. Randy comes in his office, says no hard feelings, and then jumps into the shredder and gets saying shredded. Saying he's going downtown. Yeah, saying he's going downtown, right? <laughs> and then, of course, Marshall wakes up from the dream. Like, it's so stupid, but so funny. <laughs> We have Marshall going back to work and talking to Arthur that he made a mistake firing Randy. 
Arthur points out, that was a mistake. You should have fired him a year ago. Right. So then Marshall tugs at Arthur's heartstrings by saying, you know, what if Tugboat made a mistake? You wouldn't fire him. <laughs> Arthur immediately bites. <laughs> now, he did get Tugboat fixed. And I like the interaction of exactly, kind of. <laughs> right. Randy doesn't need to be fired. He needs to be fixed. Arthur says, we do some pretty bad things around here, but... I- <laughs> <laughs> actually like thinking it through. <laughs> so Marshall talks him into letting him... Unfire Randy. Right. Which Marshall ultimately agrees to. I'm sorry. Which Arthur ultimately agrees to. We go back to Columbia University, and right away, first thing we see is the class booing Ted. <laughs> Right. Are we back at the same class we left before? No, because yeah, has to be the next. Because he did, yeah, he did talk to Lily in between, so he's back right. at this class. Um, apparently, Zoe's gotten to all of them. Right, they found out about the boo frickin' who. They had a hacky sack circle without him. <laughs> right, he was busy returning the hot dog costume that you all enjoyed. So, since they were all turning against him anyway, he tries Lily's siren trick. Which, it seems to have worked. They all listened to a prof rock CD that he made for them and enjoyed some hacky sacking. Yeah, we skipped over the line where he's like, I'm going to treat them like adults. Give them more Halloween candy and make them a mixtape. <laughs> so here's the said mixtape. We're at McLaren's. Randy enters and approaches the gang at the booth. <laughs> Barney thinks that Randy has killed Marshall by the way he's smiling. No, Lily point. Lily suggests Randy smiling because of Robin. We come to find out uh, Randy and Robin did not sleep together. Yeah, he he t- he mentions. You mean how when I think about her when I'm in the shower, Lily retorts that no, because you slept with her. And he says no. Even in the shower, the furthest we ever go is hugging. <laughs> but his nose is bleeding yeah. as he's talking about it. But this is why Randy is smiling. They go back to when he's getting fired, and in his head, he's thinking about the severance check he'll get. And if I don't shred it, I can use the money to start my own brewery. That's good. (laughs) Imagine a beer with my name on it. Randy Warmpus. This is the best day of your life. (laughs) His giant smile on his face. He's like kind of like looking up and off to the side. Yeah, Will Will Forte can have a pretty goony face at times, but it really works for him comically. Right. But then Marshall comes in and says, you're not fired. Good news. We're back at Columbia University, and Ted enters his classroom. The class is empty. They're all protesting outside with Zoe. Who, <laughs> when Ted walks up, ah, boom. <laughs> yeah. Randy argues back with Marshall about not being fired. He says he was born to be a brewer, a hopmeister. Oh, hopmeister. That's what I meant to call Jonathan <laughs> in the beginning. Ah! Drat. Yeah, there's a lot of back and forth. Marshall says, well, you can quit, but Randy needs the severance check. Marshall Wait, can't do that. That's Randy fraud. Randy suggests, it's not fraud. I'm asking you to get me a lot of money to not work here and not tell anyone about it. Right. Marshall says, yeah, he can't because he talked with Arthur already. Randy thinks Arthur's not going to remember that. And then immediately Arthur walks in. What a memorable talk we had yesterday. <laughs> You'll never be fired again. Yeah. You're going to work here until you die. And then he looks at his tie. Green tie. And then he kind of hesitates, holds <laughs> right. back his anger. Nice choice. Thanks. It brings out my eyes. I'll bring out your eyes. That's, <laughs> I think that's my favorite line. <laughs> oh, Bob Odenkirk. Such a joy. <laughs> he 
This is a new show now. Oh yeah. Is it the party? The I forget what it's called, but yeah, he's start he's starting a new show. I'll have to look into that. Marshall's trying to explain, like, by firing you, I broke my moral code. I, you know, I felt evil about it. GMB's not going to change me. I'm not going to fire anybody ever again. Right, he says, we'll see about that. Then there's an evil stare down between them, which is disrupted abruptly by Barney. Anywho, well, I got your big <laughs> smile. We care about making dreams come true. And just Randy just starts... Wrecking his office. <laughs> right. Trying to do whatever he can to get Marshall to fire him. Marshall keeps making up reasons that each of Randy's actions are actually helping him organize. <laughs> right. Which so is cool. Yeah, so throws a big stack of files around. That doesn't work. He pulls out a drawer. Throws Barney, more. Barney starts feeding him things that he should do. <laughs> the coffee. But nothing works. Ted's with Lily now. I think this They're is... all over the phone. Oh, right. So he's still at the protest. He kind of just like stepped off to the side. How does he get them to like him again? Lily says, you can't. The only, the only people that like teachers, I like my teachers, are dorks. <laughs> I thought that was a good cadence. Yeah. And then we find out the real story about what Lily did with Johnny Marley. Right. She's suggesting you, that he can use fear like she did. We get a flash of their class where it's nap time. They, they pan over to Johnny Nap and he wakes up with the head of his toy horse <laughs> next to him and he screams, Allah the Godfather. Right. It's hard... Modern Family did The Godfather take off so well, mm-hmm. it's hard to see anybody else do it. <laughs> that was that, so yeah, But that was like a whole to do. Yeah, that was like, that was like yeah, half the episode was <laughs> the end of Godfather 1. Oh, let's watch that episode again. That was good. Yeah, that is easily my favorite episode of Modern Family. Modern Family. And so as Lily's talking through all of this, like a little kid comes up and brings her a picture of a panda. So just the dichotomy of her evilness with, oh, a panda. Also, while Ted's saying things like, there's more to that story and you're a psychopath, she keeps saying, a little bit, which I think <laughs> is a De Niro, Robert De Niro impression. Oh, okay. Now, De Niro wasn't the Godfather in Godfather 1, but he was the flashback scenes of the Godfather in Godfather 2. So he was, he was uh, Vito Corleone as a younger man. In Godfather 2. Hmm. Okay, I don't remember that. I feel like I've seen Godfather No, you yeah. haven't. We started it, and then... Well, you and I did... I think we watched all the way through Godfather 1, mm-hmm. and then when we got to Godfather 2, I said, we'll watch these in 30-minute chunks, like a TV show, because it's like four hours long or something. <laughs> um, and you're like, okay. And I think we got through like the first 30 or 60 minutes, then we never went back uh-huh. to it. So you haven't really seen much of Godfather 2. Oh, okay. Was that one that like won awards, too, or was that three? Three was panned heavily. Okay, so two, two did very well. Robert De Niro was... I know he was nominated for Best Actor in it. Okay. I don't know if he won. Well, maybe we'll put it on a movie night list. But Godfather 1 did win the Oscar. I think Godfather 2 was nominated, but I don't think it won. Okay. So Ted takes the microphone or the megaphone and says anyone not in class tomorrow gets an F. Now he's at the bar with Lily. He says, technically, they get an incomplete, but I thought F had a nice scary ring to Did it. Did you get an incomplete in any classes in college? Did you take an incomplete? No. I did with one class. That was the only one I did it with. It was, I wanted to be a sociology, sociology minor. Mm, I would have done that. My school didn't have sociology minors. But as a freshman, it's almost impossible to get into so, Soch 101. Oh, really? Yeah, it's just it fills up so quickly, and they give it to the people that have declared it as their major first. Sure. 
So I thought, well, I better take something for sociology so I can start accumulating credits. Right. So the only one was, that was available was like a sociology 405 or something, something really high up. What? And it was. Why would they let you take that? I talked my I talked my way into it. Because <laughs> say, aren't there prereqs? Yeah, I, t- I had to get a sign off from the professor to let me come in, even without the pre prereqs. And it was pre-Socratic philosophers, which means all the philosophers before Socrates. <laughs> so Socrates is like, for common knowledge, for the layman, is the first known philosopher, right? <laughs> Because it's Socrates. I don't know why you thought this was a good Aristotle, idea. Aristotle. Um, who's next? Plato? Plato. Or maybe it was Socrates, Plato, Aristotle. That was it. And then Aristotle was the advisor or teacher of Alexander the Great. You know, I'm not hearing anything about the people that came before Socrates. I don't know. This class was really effective. Well, okay. So... I took the class, and, and within the first couple of weeks, I knew this was not going to work out. <laughs> because I'd do the material, I'd read the work, I'd read the assignments and everything, and then we'd be talking about them in class, and the teacher would say, who can describe to me this philosopher's well-known you know, take on the world, or whatever. And I'd raise my hand, because I was a nerd, <laughs> and I'd say, he believed this because of that. Okay. And she'd be like, no. <laughs> and then call on somebody else. He believed this because of this. Yes. They'd like change one word and they'd be right and I was wrong. I was like, huh. I don't know if I'm going to get this. And then the first test, I got a D and I studied really hard for it. Oh, wow. And so I went up and asked for an incomplete. <laughs> like, I'm not going to improve from here. This was an incomplete do. It's just erased. It's, okay. you don't get, you don't. It doesn't go towards your GPA at all. Okay. But then you're missing that those credits. It's too right. late to get into another class by that point. Okay. No, I always did well in my class. Shut up. <laughs> hey, I worked very hard. Lily, we're still at McLaren's. Lily, once again, presses Robin, who'd you sleep with? Robin says, I told you, Randy, he was a machine. <laughs> we get another, where's the poop? Yeah. So now she fesses up. Yeah, Robin gives it pretty fast after this. Yeah, she... She was a little jealous of the commer- the attention Becky was getting for her commercial, so Robin did one, and we get a bladder control and adult diaper commercial, where for some reason they also have Robin's character as the nurse peeing her pants with diapers on. Like, they already have an old person there. Yeah, why do they that's also why it's need- funny. I know, that's why it's funny, <laughs> but it doesn't make sense as a commercial. Because <laughs> it's a switcheroo. Yeah, but they don't do that on commercials. I get it's funny. It's a nice juxtaposition. One could argue, well, it's easy enough to sell the idea that the old person's... Yeah, that's how I was this, just But this say. one's so... This one's a... Hip, that even a hot young nurse would be wearing it. Yeah, well, yeah, it's a broad appeal to the masses about the need for these products. <laughs> I find Robin overacting a bit when they pan to her actually peeing <laughs> yeah. in her pants. Yeah, it's like unnecessarily sexual. So this commercial ran for seven years, apparently. Robin's like, well, hopefully, hopefully you'll never see it. They might not even use it. And then immediately, it ran for seven years. Oh, this reminds me, when I started my job, my boss asked me to put a, send him an email with five fun facts about me. Oh, God. So, of course, one of them I put, our, I mentioned our podcast. Oh, hello, Steve's new colleagues. One of the guys on the team 
he's out of Canada, writes to me, oh, I love How I Met Your Mother. Who's your favorite character? I wrote, and then we started a little correspondence about this. Yeah. And so I thought that was funny. I got to... <laughs> Talk about your podcast at work? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's a little different now, like, working where I work, because the majority of our staff are not from America. Like, they didn't grow up in America, mm-hmm. and so the cultural references just can't flow as easily in that context. That's like me watching The Simpsons with Tyler. Right. He doesn't get any of the jokes that... How do I describe it? Anything that would reference a movie. Right. Anything pop culture. We probably didn't get as kids either and now get as adults. Although the pop pop culture ref... Well, you and I would have been different because I was in high school by then, so I got a lot Uh, of pop culture references. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure there was most of it flew over my head because I think I was around Tyler's age. But he likes it when something childish happens. Yeah. And sometimes I pause it to explain one of the one of the references. He's like, "Okay, could you play play, please?" (laughs) He doesn't care. (laughs) All right, we're back at Marshall's office. There is shredded paper all over the place in his office. So clearly, like I don't even know how he's going to leave the office. (laughs) It's everywhere. And Randy points out that. This was maybe this was a mistake. I guess I'll just kind of give up on my dream. I know that you already have, you already reached your dream, Marshall. And he laughs. So you think working here is my dream? Randy kind of just concedes. Well, in this, he but shows, then offers him a beer. Yeah, he shows Marshall the beer, which Marshall reads warm piss. Uh, Drinks it. Says it's delicious. You're fired. Yeah. So he wants Randy to live his dream, and mm-hmm. then I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but then we. One of the last scenes is Marshall saying, I want to make people's dreams come true. And now it's now it's real. Right. Exactly. And so, yeah, this is, you know, planting the seed of you know, Marshall's dissatisfaction with GNB. And Although we'll hear something very different next week. Yeah, I guess that's true. This is not his dream, but I think he's sort of satisfied right now. Yeah, which I guess is completely opposite of what <laughs> happened in this episode because he seems really like worn down and unhappy with like the work culture. The narrator then mentions that now you can have a warm piss at every bar in America. So warm piss, you would think, okay, that's the worst name ever for a beer because it makes you think of warm piss. But yeah, they have names for beers now that are just kind of get your attention. Right. That's They're true. counterintuitive to what you would think would attract someone to a beer. Mm-hmm. And they kind of go out of their way to do that. Yeah. Good point. It'll be like Randy was ahead of his Monkey time. blood or something, something weird, you know? <laughs> All right, that's pretty much the episode. Where do you think I ranked this? All right. You ranked this... 54. No. And I know you were looking there instead of further back because I said I ranked it higher than I thought I would have. Right. But it was actually 66. Ah, that was almost my guess. You win nothing. So that was going to be my guess, but then you were like, oh, I ranked it higher than I thought, so then I bumped it up. You shouldn't have told me anything. (laughs) What's your favorite joke? I mean, Boats, Boats, Boats is a classic. But I did very much enjoy the, um, everyone loves you at your job. And then, Ted Mosby, we don't like you. (laughs) My favorite was, as I mentioned, Arthur's I'll Take Your Eyes Out. I kind of already mentioned my least favorite, which was all Barney's jokes about the different office parties. Mm -hmm. What was your least favorite? So mine was the beginning of that line. 
because Ted's talking about, like, he's really making an impression on those guys. Barney's kind of, like, walking up, and, like, a hot girl walks by with boobs. And he's like, I'd like to make an impression on those guys. And then he launches into his office party thing. So I didn't care for that one. There was another one, too, that was kind of bad, but I can't remember where it is now. Okay, we have two more emails we'll read. I'll read Felix. He wrote to us again. Already. And then Jen can read the return of Danielle. Yay, Danielle. All right, Felix, our Swedish friend. Hello from Felix. I liked this episode. Everyone was good except Becky. I hated her broke commercial. (laughs) Well, we hate you. Just kidding. Jennifer Morrison and Josh Radner had amazing chemistry. Their storyline was great. Lily helped Ted with his class was good. Randy and Marshall's storyline was heartwarming. Worst joke, the Halloween parade jokes. No. Oh, yeah, okay. Sorry. Yeah, I didn't like those much either. I, I kind of like the concept so for a second, of the I, Halloween parade. I misheard. I thought um, it was like your favorite, Not your least favorite. favorite joke, yeah. Um, no, I, I agree with them. I didn't much like the end of it, like Pocahontas, mm-hmm. you know, hurt knee or whatever. Right. His best joke. I have two. I have, okay. His best joke, I have to say Randy's downtown joke and Randy's green tie joke with Arthur. Yeah, those, those yeah. are both really good. I'm with you. And I have not given you my top ten episodes, but here it is. Ten, tick, tick, tick. Oh, that one's so heartbreaking. I feel like I cry every time. Is that when his dad dies? Or? I think so, because the whole thing's a countdown. Nine, legend daddy. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Eight, Monday Night Football. I never really liked that one very much. Seven, The Burning Beekeeper. It's the Angel Wings. Yeah, I still don't like that one very much. <laughs> Seven, The Burning Beekeeper. Oh, that one's pretty good. That's yeah, the we good Mar- to that one Martin yet. Short one. Yeah, I think that's I think that's next season. It's either season seven or eight. Yeah, that sounds right. Number six, The Pilot. Not, not for me. <laughs> Number five, The Stamp Tramp. I don't remember... The- that one. I don't. Th- I mean, I don't think we've gotten to it yet. Yeah. Look further back, cause I, I don't think I would have. Oh no, it's probably not in my top one hundred. Yeah, you know, I put my phone on the charger, so I don't. Number four, the naked man. Yeah, that's a good one. Good one. Three, the pineapple incident. That's one of the most popular ones for this show. I don't. Mm-hmm. I never really liked that one that much, but I think the audience has been. Mm-hmm. That's been a fan favorite. Right. Two last words. I think that's the one where Marshall's, it's the Marshall's, fu- the dad's funeral uh, episode. Oh, yeah, because his last word. Yeah, yeah. One is bad news, and I think that's when he finds out Marshall's dad died. I should have looked these up beforehand. Yeah, that would have been better. <laughs> I didn't have time. All right, P.S. Why do they not hire Swedish actors to play Swedish roles? I think it's not that hard, but anyway, have a blessed day. It's mm, a valid point. I think there's only so many scars guards that. <laughs> America can import over to play Swedish roles. They have to hire other people eventually. No. Alexander Skarsgård for everything. (laughs) All right, go ahead and read us. Nice to hear from you again, Felix. Danielle. Thanks, Felix. And welcome back, Danielle. Hey, guys. I'm sorry I was gone so long. I got a new job, and I've been exhausted getting used to it. But I'm back and getting into a routine. Yay. Congratulations, Danielle. New jobs can be hard. Ask Steve. Mm-hmm. Early bedtime all week. 
Zoe was very unlikable in this episode. I think protests are a waste of everyone's time because the correct amount of effort wasn't put in and just inconveniences everyone. Was it structurally unsound or just need a deep clean? The first would be harder to solve, but standing outside all day with no plan B isn't helping anyone. I don't have a solution, but I do know there are hundreds, if not thousands, of problems in the world, and demanding people pay attention to yours while ignoring theirs is ineffective. Unless it's to do with nature preservation, they usually have clear goals and calls to action. Shows with those plot lines, the characters are usually only inconveniencing themselves and a small construction crew, whom they have regular conversation with throughout the episode. I didn't like the Marshall and Randy stuff. I get having Marshall and Ted learning the same lesson would be redundant, but Lily's advice would have been very helpful. I don't like shows that have a character that has a point but go about in a stupid way. It would be completely justifiable to fire Randy. If they want to challenge Marshall, they should have made Randy more competent or have bad luck. Or have Marshall work on his agreeableness. If it's just a joke, it's a bad one. My favorite joke would have to be Marshall saying Randy needs to be fixed and Arthur thinking that's a little too far. The worst joke would likely be any of Randy's musings about Robin. P.S. I told myself I wasn't going to listen to the podcast until I wrote this email. I'm excited to be back. Love ya, Danielle. Hmm. Nice to have you back, Danielle. Indeed. Well, next we have Natural History. That one's got some good points to it. I don't think it's all great, but it's... I feel like Lily's super annoying in it. She is, yeah. She's horrible. She's horrible. But I think there's some funny... There's good Zoe, Zoe things. yeah. And, and the, the captain. captain. And Barney gets to find out who his dad is. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Because the last time he was at that museum, he knocked down the entire blue whale. And nobody believes him. It. Yeah. And then if, when they end up with the security, they had a security... Yeah, he's trying to prove that he, it happened and he gets his dad's name. Yeah. He, the person that kind of signed him out to go home was his father, Jerry. Oh, boy. And he's like, no, that's my uncle, Jerry. You know, mm-hmm. He wrote father right here. Ooh, hit me deep already. So write into us if you're a new listener, then uh, we'd love to hear from you. If you're an old listener, then we'd like to hear from you again. We are at runklerecaps at gmail.com. And we look forward to podcasting about natural history. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks for writing. And until next week, say goodnight, Jen. Good night, everybody. Have a good one.